this weekend at a star-studded event inside the famed Hollywood Bowl. We will celebrate the 90th birthday of Quincy Delight Jones. Y'all love that middle name, right? Quincy Delight Jones. Better known as Q to his friends, and I count myself among them. Two of the performers on stage this weekend to honor Q at the bowl will join us in hour two. It's going to be a great hour. Patty Austin and Saida Garrett both join us today in hour two. And then in hour three. So if you're a music lover like I am, how lucky are we today? This program just comes together in strange and unique ways sometimes. I was telling J.D., our producer, how did this happen? <laughs> that we end up with Saida Garrett and Patty Austin in our two and Karen White in our three. Karen is in town for a special performance, and we'll talk to her about that today in our final hours. So hours two and hours three will be chock full of music. And uh, if that doesn't make you feel good and smile, I ain't got nothing else for you. Uh, so it's going to be a great show today. But we commence today's show. Speaking of a great show, it's going to be a great conversation in this first hour. Uh, we talk in this first hour about Elon Musk's latest disruptive move. He has done away with Twitter's iconic blue and white bird logo and replaced it with a minimalistic black and white X. The bird is gone and a minimalistic black and white X is now in its place from now on. We are told that the social media platform will simply be known as X. Facebook is now Meta. Twitter is now X. Do these attempts at transformation and branding actually work? Do they really influence our perception and our behavior? And what about the spending power specifically of black folk to change the game for product producers when they make these kinds of moves to transform their branding. Dr. Marcus Collins is author of For the Culture, the power behind what we buy, what we do, and who we want to be. I am pleased to welcome Dr. Marcus Collins to this program. Dr. Collins, good to have you on. How are you today, sir? I'm doing quite well. Thanks so much for having me. It's my great delight to have you. Thank you for uh, the, the time, and I'm glad we have an hour to, to talk about this. These changes are are becoming hegemonic. Every time I look up, somebody is changing a, a, a brand name to something else, and it's kind of hard to keep up these days. Before I jump too deep into the conversation, let me just start with your opening uh, salvo, your opening comments, I should say, on what you make of this latest uh, disruptive move, as I put it, by Elon Musk. No, I think of it less as a rebrand and more as a diversion. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Twitter has been been experiencing a lot of negativity since the acquisition by Elon Musk um, from the rise in hate speech on the platform, uh, particularly against people of color, uh, marginalized communities. And then you add on top of that the rollback of uh, some of the features, i.e., you you only be able to see so many tweets uh, a day. Um, then pulling back uh, the blue check mark that meant validation, that now you could just pay for it. Um, and then, you know, the changing of, of the name. I mean, this place has not been a safe haven for people of color, and therefore the cultural engine of Twitter that we know to be Black Twitter finds new places of refuge in places like Spiel. And then you have threads launched by, by Meta, uh, which creates, which takes the social, uh, it creates the network effects that come from using all of your social connections on Instagram to come with you to threads, creates a very, very powerful threat against Twitter. And therefore, you know, if you don't like what's being said on the station, you change the channel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I think uh, what Elon Musk has done. And we've seen this in politics since the rise of, of, of Donald Trump. You know, we've seen the idea of that if you don't like what people are saying, use some diversion to change the conversation. Um, in many ways, though, the ambitions of Elon Musk may be uh, may be an in, inspiring to some degree or another, being more than just a, taste, a text-based app. I think that the move is is really, in my mind, a sign of desperation more than anything else. Mm. There are four or five questions that just popped into my head, given that opening comment from Dr. Marcus Collins. So when we come forward, I'm gonna I'm gonna delve more deeply into diversion versus rebranding, the hate uh, that is uh, Twitter or X these days. What we make of that? Uh, whether or not changing the name actually changes the game. Uh, we'll talk about threads and whether or not it's a real threat. I just uh, uh, signed up the other day for threads. And so I'm wondering whether or not he thinks it is a real threat um, to whatever Twitter has established. And somebody once famously asked, what's in a name? Uh, what is in a name? We'll talk about that and a great deal more as we move through this hour with Dr. Marcus Collins. Collins, that is, talking about for the culture, the power behind what we buy, what we do, and who we want to be. It is his latest text, and we'll delve into it when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Tavis Smiley Smiley. continues when we come forward. forward. Elon Musk has done away with the uh, iconic blue and white bird logo that we have uh, come to know uh, Twitter as. Replaced it, in case you just tuned in, with a real minimalistic black and white X. Uh, and the platform we are told now moving forward will only be known as X. As I said earlier, Facebook is now Meta. And so all these companies seem to be in the business of trying to uh, to, 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 to rebrand. Uh, our guest in this hour is Dr. Marcus Collins. Uh, his book is called For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and Who We Want to Be. He sees this more as a diversion than a rebranding. Before I get a little deeper, tell me more about that distinction, Dr. Collins, as you see it. Sure thing. I think it requires us first considering what exactly is a brand. Mm -hmm. Now, according to the literature, a brand is an identifiable signifier that conjures up thoughts and feelings in the minds and hearts of people with regards to a company, a product, an institution, organization, entity, or person, right? So like brands are vessels of meaning. Mm -hmm. And these vessels of meaning, they bring to mind cognitions and affects, thoughts and feelings about something. And even though you've changed the name from Twitter to X, the meaning of Twitter still resides in the hearts and minds of people, the mm-hmm. Twitter that we know of today, right? So it's like, you know, remember when J.C. Penney's changed their names to J.C.P.? Mm-hmm. We're like, no, it's still J.C. Penney's, right? <laughs> or Radio Shack said, no, we're the Shack. No, 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 you're, you're, you're Radio Shack. Or even when P. Diddy said, you know, I'm Diddy, or I'm P. Diddy, or I'm Brother Love. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. It's still the same, sure it's puff, a different name. Sure puff, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we love Diddy. I mean, shout yeah. out to Diddy. You know, but but the it still conjures the same thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. So when I think about Twitter changing their name to X, I see it as a very cosmetic shift. Um, and it has more of a significant impact on the conversation that we have about what this means as opposed to what the actual brand means today. And until the product has any material changes, until the way it's run has any material changes, until Elon Musk as the operator or the face of this thing has any substantial significant changes, Twitter is still going to mean the same thing to us even by the name X. Even mm-hmm. with a different logo, the meaning still stays the same. Yep. As you were running through that list of a moment ago, um, uh, from from J.C. Penney's to to Puffy, 
um, just running that list, my mind went to something that I think um, is the opposite, uh, an example of the way you can do it and the way it does work. And the irony of the example I want to, uh, to, to, to offer, which won't surprise you, of course, given that this is your, this is your lane, it, it, the example I want to offer now is an example of a change that stuck, but it really came from the people up to the company, mm. not the company down to the people. Uh, you can probably guess what I'm talking about. It's FedEx. It it, yeah. it, it it was Federal Express. It, it is. That's the name of the company, Federal Express, right? But everybody who used Federal Express started calling it FedEx. We used that mm-hmm. name so much that the company decided to go with FedEx because that's what we were calling it. So that's that's an example, to my mind, at least, of one of those changes is from the bottom up, not the top down. Does that resonate with you? I think that's a perfect example because essentially what it means is that we collectively have cooperated or, or contributed to the cultural construction of what this thing is. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about brands. You know, and, and, you know, I get, I've, had, I've had the fortunate pleasure of working with some of the biggest brands in the world, right? Mm-hmm. From, from Google to McDonald's to even uh, Apple, Nike, and Beyonce even, mm-hmm. right? So work with massive, massive brands. And what we know about brands and meaning is that we marketers, we signal intended meaning but meaning actually resides in the minds of the interpreter. Mm-hmm. It resides in the minds of the people. You know, we could tell people all day long that sketches are the coolest sneaker. Look, Snoop made them too. And we go, nah, no, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Right? No matter what you're signaling, it actually resides in the hearts and minds of people. So what we do as leaders, as, 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 as business leaders, as marketers, we're signaling something. Even politicians, we're signaling something in hopes that people see it the way we do. And there is congruence to talk about in the book. Look, this is the, the process of meaning making. And think about this from like a personal perspective. Think about when Muhammad, when Cassius Clay turned into Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. He didn't just change his name. He changed his rhetoric about how he saw the world. It was a material change in him that mm-hmm. therefore we saw him through, through, through new lenses. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X, you know, went from being you know, uh, Malcolm Detroit Little. Red, yeah, sure. Malcolm Little yeah. to being Malcolm X, mm-hmm. from Detroit Red to Malcolm X. It, it, those are material changes in, in what he meant as a brand. The vessel of meaning associated with him was no longer what he once was. And I think that unless Twitter changes materially of what it is, not just in the veneer, then we'll always see it as what it is, which I think leads to the next part to this, that, well, what does Twitter want to be? Mm-hmm. Let's go there. What does Twitter want to be? To the, to the extent that any of us can get inside the head or heart of Elon Musk, uh, good luck trying. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you do that. That's not even an exercise I want to be a part of. I don't, even, I don't, I don't want no part of that. So, so you, take us, <laughs> you take us inside his head and heart. What does Twitter want to be? What does X now want to be? Well, I don't blame you for for that cautiousness at all. Yeah. But we always go off of self-reported data, right? And what what Elon Musk has self-reported and what Twitter is self-reporting is that it wants to be more than just a text-based app. It wants to be sort of uh, our version, the American version of WeChat. Mm-hmm. WeChat being the super app in, in China that is both a social platform, it's a financial institution, it's where commercial activity happens, like transactions, i.e. like a PayPal or eBay. Um, It's where we interact with companies. It's everything. It's all the apps that we can think about from Facebook to PayPal to eBay to Venmo to all the things living in one super app. Mm -hmm. And it exists in in China. And so much of China's 
uh, commerce and exchange ex- happens on WeChat. And what we know of the way that Elon Musk talks about X, what was formerly known as Twitter, is that it's going to be that, all those things, a substack, it's all those things t- together. And while those ambitions, I think, are, uh, are they're, they're worth saluting, right? They are ambitious in nature. I don't believe that the American public is ready for that kind of app because mm-hmm. it requires a tremendous amount of trust. Trust in the giant tech corporation to do right by our information, to do right by uh, the, the, the marketplace. And I don't think that that trust really exists right now within the, within the, the, the consideration set of, of major tech companies. But then it also requires trust in Elon Musk which we don't have very much in because he's unpredictable um, in all the best ways possible and all the worst ways possible at that. Uh, you know, trust, the, the, the construct I love for trust is that trust is the mechanism that absorbs uncertainty. Mm. And when it comes to Elon Musk, there is a unbelievable amount of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty actually goes against what we consider to be sort of the ideological cultural norms of, of humanity, at least here in this country. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that America is ready to trust Elon Musk with their money or trust Elon Musk with commerce or trust Elon Musk um, beyond the context in which we've already attributed trust to him. And maybe that's even eroding considering the decisions he made with Twitter uh, over the past year. Give me that definition of trust again. I I say that this audience knows I say this all the time. I always leave this studio uh, smarter than I came in. After three hours of sitting here, I'm always learning something every day. And there's always something that I that I, I take with me to marinate on the rest of the day. Sometimes it happens in hour two, sometimes in hour three, and sometimes it happens in the first 23 minutes of hour one. <laughs> I think it just happened. Give me that definition again of trust. It's the mechanism that absorbs uncertainty. Mm. It's It absorbs the I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what, right? It's like, you know, if if uh, if if my wife says, I'll be there at 5 o'clock to pick you up, I go, she's going to be here at 5 o'clock because I trust her. Yeah. Like she has demonstrated herself to be trustworthy, and therefore any uncertainty I might have is being is absorbed by these mechanisms that we call trust. And when it comes to institutions, you know, we trust our bank that our money is going to be there when we need it. When it comes to the brands that we buy, the branded products that we buy, we trust that it's going to perform, or that if this happens to be malfunctioning, I can bring it back and get a new a new one, or get my money back. You know, we, we, we have trust in these things. We trust restaurants that we eat that what I'm ingesting isn't going to kill me, right? Like we we put this this uncertainty to the side because this mechanism that absorbs it allows us to operate in the world without much mm-hmm. uh, without much cognitive dissonance. I owe you a thank you, a big thank you. I'm, I'm always um, wrestling with terminology and definitions. This, I think this audience knows that uh, when I have guests on, uh, routinely I will ask them to uh, to back up and define what they mean, define what we're talking about. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page, right, because so many of us have you know different uh, viewpoints, uh, different POVs when it comes to, to certain topics. And so I always want to make sure that I'm on the same page with the guests about how they define whatever the subject is at hand. There's some words, though, in our lexicon, in the English language, that are just hard to define. Uh, love being one yeah. of them, right? Love is one of those words. Trust is one of those words. I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking, literally in the last 48 hours, I had somebody ask me, Tavis, do you trust me? 
I had to pause for a mm. second. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had to take a beat because I'm like, okay, how, how am I defining trust in this instance? Or how are they defining trust? Yeah. Do I trust you? So here comes a, a very healthy, uh, usable definition. I say all the time uh, when I have uh, smart folk on the program like you uh, who, are, who are clearly learned, uh, that's nice, but do you have a usable intellect? Can I, can I use the intellect that you have? And, 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 and that's a good definition, trust, the, the mechanism that absorbs our uncertainty, the mechanism that absorbs our uncertainty. I'll be noodling on that the rest of the day. So thank you for that, Dr. Marcus Collins. Um, oh, let, my let, pleasure. My pleasure. Let me, let, let, me ask you, um, let me ask you if there's any research, any data on how long it takes uh, we the people, uh, speaking of WeChat in China, um, how long it takes us to grab hold of new terminology. So, again, as I said earlier, the people started calling Federal Express FedEx, and they caught on and changed the name of their company. Um, so Facebook is gone to Meta. Uh, Twitter is now X. How long before we literally forget that it ever was Twitter and start calling it X? I ask that because as this, as I sit in the studio right now here in Lamert Park, we are adjacent to a street called Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to anybody who's been around here for a while, and they'll still slip up sometimes and call it Santa Barbara. It used to be hmm. Santa Barbara until they changed it to MLK. Anybody of a certain age in Los Angeles will slip up every now and then and still refer to it as Santa Barbara. All these years later, uh, people still, some people at least, still don't call it what it really is. How long then uh, for us to start calling Twitter X to the extent we ever do? You know, there, the literature isn't very exact about the time frame because it's so heterogeneous. It's so widely varied. Mm -hmm. But what we do know are the mechanisms that get us there. We know the, the, the forces that lead to adoption and ultimately propagation. Um, and these forces uh, are referred to as evaluation and legitimation. Mm -hmm. And they happen at the same time. So evaluation is the process by which we decide what's uh we, we evaluate whether it's cool or not right we give it value mm -hmm. like is it cool or is it whack is it smart or is it stupid is 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 it is it is it something that people like us do mm -hmm. right and then which leads to legitimation and that's the social process by which we decide what's acceptable behavior for people like us so something may be uh may, may not be considered high in evaluation, but we still do it. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, someone may say, oh, the, the reality television is, is a brain drain. It's, 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 it's lowbrow, but we still watch it, mm -hmm. right? So even though it's not considered in high, high stature, we still adopt the behavior. And it's when legitimation takes place that we decide that people like us do something like this, and it begins to propagate within the population. Yeah. And that, that process by which things are adopted, this is how culture evolves. This is how culture changes. So we don't have the time frame in which it happens, but what we know is that the more people do it, the faster adopted it becomes. Yeah. Because culture moves forward on the basis of one simple question. Do people like me do something like this? The answer is yes, I do it. The answer is no, I don't. And the more the people slip up and still call it Santa Barbara as opposed to, to, to MLK, mm -hmm. the more people will continue to slip up and call it Santa Barbara as opposed to MLK. Mm -hmm. But the yeah. more that we adopt it and call it MLK and go, no, 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 you mean MLK, not Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. The more we do that, the faster it becomes adopted. Yeah. So it really depends on the people and how fast this thing propagates into the population. Yep. Let me see if we can answer this next question in like 90 seconds, and we can continue on the other side if we need to, not a problem. Um, but for all of the um, 
the rancor that Elon Musk has caused, uh, not just with his purchase of Twitter, but just overall uh, his politics, which I won't get into right about now. Um, he didn't become a, a billionaire by being stupid. Let's be clear about that. So I wonder for all the critique of Twitter now being known as X, whether or not Elon Musk is just outsmarting all of us with his attempt to become the WeChat of this country. Is he crazy like a fox? Well, I do think he is. He is. He is quite quite clever, and he's had receipts to, to evidence this with SpaceX, uh, SpaceX as sure. well as Tesla. Mm-hmm. But in those contexts, he has been the dictator deciding. But we talk about social phenomenon, talking about platforms where there are communities, you don't dictate to the community. The community is a part of that process, and that, I think, is a new phenomenon for him. When we come forward with our guest, Dr. Marcus Collins, we'll talk uh, straight away about Threads. Um, it is the new platform that people are talking about, and it is the most credible threat uh, that I have seen, that others have seen to date, at least, uh, when it comes to Twitter. If you're sick of Elon Musk and his politics and beyond, uh, and uh, you, if you've signed off on Twitter, as many people have, uh, Threads uh, is uh, the most legitimate option that I've seen. Uh, as a threat to Twitter, now known as as X. We'll talk about that in a great deal more. Dr. Collins's book is called For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and Who We Want to Be. And you're listening to Marcus Collins right now on Tavis Smiley. I'm Tavis Smiley. Uh, our guest in this hour is Dr. Marcus Collins. His book is called For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and Who We Want to Be. We are having this conversation with Dr. Collins in part because, not just because the book is out, but in part because, that's a good enough reason, but also because Elon Musk has made some news. Uh, as you know, uh, he's, uh, he's being disruptive once again, uh, this time changing the name of Twitter to X, uh, in case you've just tuned in, that iconic blue and white bird logo that we've all come to know uh, has now been replaced with a minimalistic black and white X. And from now on, the platform formerly known as I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm about to refer to Prince now. The artist formerly known as Prince. Um, the art. The 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 plat. The, see, I did it. The the platform formerly known as Twitter uh, would now uh, and forever be known as X. Uh, and so we are talking in this hour about uh, again whether or not these moves tend to work, uh, whether or not uh, they make a difference, and whether or not uh, we we end up buying in. When Facebook goes to Meta and 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 Twitter goes to X, and so Dr. Marcus Collins is a is a, is the is the right expert to be talking to about all those things uh, in this hour, and I haven't gotten yet to black spending power. We'll get to that uh, a little bit later in this conversation. But uh, as I promised, let me go straight to this notion of threads now. And I, I, if I heard you correctly, you see threads as a credible threat. My phrase, not yours, um, to Twitter or X. Uh, tell me if I'm right about that, and if so, uh, why I'm right about that. Sure. I think that Threads is probably the first text-based app that is closest in parity to the functionality and value proposition of Twitter. But more importantly, what Threads has done, where other platforms have tried to rival Twitter has has failed in the past, is that Threads allows you to take all of your followers, all your connections on Instagram, and bring them over to Threads with you. Mm -hmm. So it's not a party that you show up to where you don't know anybody. It's a party you show up to and all your friends are there. And you're like, oh man, look at this new space. Like, you know, <laughs> wow. Like, and, and, and because of the algorithm of Instagram, there are many people that you follow on Instagram who follow you that you don't see in your newsfeed just because of the, how the algorithm is, is designed. However, with threads, 
much like Twitter, it's an ongoing news feed, a timeline where you're seeing everything from everybody. And you get to like bump into people you haven't talked to in forever or heard from in, in, in forever. So those network effects makes threads a much more valuable platform than just another entrant. And there have been like Mastodon's another one who's tried to, to, to battle against Twitter. But this one is particularly interesting because of the network effects. What would normally keep someone from leaving one platform to go to another is that I don't want to leave the social capital that I've built here. That social capital is coming along with you from another platform where you know that there's, there, there's, there's more activity and a greater population of people. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you regard what Elon Musk has done or not done, said or not said, as it were, when it comes to the hate that is um, Twitter, that is X so much these days? I think Elon Musk is like he signaled where he stands uh, with regards to his his outlook on the world, his his social outlook. Um, call it his political affiliations. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that. Him saying that he's prioritizing uh, free speech is a dog whistle for for hate. I think the fact that you know he he offered to reinstate Donald Trump is another mm-hmm. on the platform is another example to signals not not only his political affiliation. I think that's just an outward expression of an inward belief. And his inward belief you know, it has very little to do with the advancement of people of color. Of the mar- of marginalized communities, and the way that he's run Twitter since he's gotten on Twitter, um, the fact that he hasn't come to the defense of people who are experiencing verbal violence with regards to the the use of the N word, anti-Semitism, and and the like, says a lot about where he sits uh, with with regards to 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 these these, these social phenomena, and and one could only venture that this is going to be his point of view going forward. I mean, even as we see people who are becoming more and more invested in this new Twitter that he's created, known as X, I mean, they're, they're far right-leaning folks. And everything about their ideology seems to be, uh, seems to be in, in, in the way of oppressing uh, our, our marginalized groups of people, which I think is problematic. Mm-hmm. For those, again, who may have uh, just tuned in, um, let me ask you to reprise briefly um, what WeChat does in China. I've been to China a few times. I, I know a bit about uh, the way this uh, service works. But uh, just reprise right quick what WeChat uh, has accomplished <clears throat> successfully in China uh, and tell us how successful then you think in the long term Elon Musk can do turning X into the WeChat of America. Yeah, so WeChat is essentially an amalgamation of many, many, many different apps. So if you open up your iPhone or your Galaxy or your Pixel, and you look at all those apps you have, you have your banking app, you have your Grubhub, or, or you have your Uber app, you have your, your Instagram app, you have your, your PayPal, all these different things you do, all these different things you do across the social web, all exists inside of one app. WeChat. You never leave the app. You book an appointment to get your hair done on the app. You uh, you deposit your check into your checking account on the app. You follow a band that you like on the app. You do everything on the app. You buy a new pair of sneakers on the app. Everything happens on the app, um, and that has been that is the dominant app in China. Now, of course, the the municipalities of China are far different than they are here. 
<laughs> like you know, your data is not yours mm-hmm. in China, right? Like, and not to be not to speak disparaging, but that's just how it is. True, there yeah. is no Facebook, there is no Twitter, there is no Instagram, there is no YouTube in China because of the legalities and municipalities of China. So a WeChat like object makes a lot of sense there because of the the, the, the the social norms in place there. Those norms don't exist here. The closest to WeChat that we've had is Facebook. Mm-hmm. And Facebook has become has has, has gone so much fire uh, that they changed their name to Meta. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like uh, we've seen this playbook kind of kind of play out before. But interestingly the difference between Meta's change from Facebook to Meta um, is that they never changed the consumer-facing product name. They only change the corporation level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So though Meta is no longer Facebook, it's Meta, that's not who you bump into every day. You still have your Facebook app and your Instagram app and your, your, uh, your WhatsApp app. Mm-hmm. Um, Google the same way. You know, Google changed its company name to Alphabet, but the consumer-facing name is still Google, maintaining all the identifiability that gives equity to the brand, uh, but also instilling the same trust that we've had in the brand because the mm-hmm. meaning is still the same. But this change from Twitter to X, it, it compromises all of that. Right. The identifier is not just at the corporate level. It's the thing that we actually engage with on a regular basis so, if you decide to stay on the app. So so can he be, can he be successful even marginally at turning X into a WeChat, a, a version of WeChat? I think it requires a lot of variables to change. It requires the disposition of, uh, of the American culture and our trust in big tech corporations, it requires a massive change there. It requires a change in how he operates as a leader, um, both being the face of Twitter at the moment, even though they have a new CEO, but being head of X Ventures under which Twitter sits. It requires a massive change Mm -hmm. in him such that we see him differently. And then, of course, the product has to change. I mean, right now, again, this is, it's only a veneer change. Like, it's still, if you go to uh, the, the Twitter page or Twitter handle mm-hmm. um, on Twitter or on X, now it still has a Twitter URL. <laughs> like, it's still very much, you know, putting lipstick on a pig. Mm-hmm. But until the pig changes, Whatever cosmetic things we do to it isn't going to yeah. be enough for its meaning to shift in our minds. Uh, I could have, I could have, uh, <clears throat> I could have uh, commenced our conversation with this question. When we come forward, I want to come right to it, uh, and that is the notion of turning, changing Twitter to X. I'm thinking of all the ways. I mean, the, the letter X is ubiquitous. You think of all the ways that letter X has been used in marketing and promotion. You think. Of course, Spike Lee, Malcolm X, and just the way he used that letter X on his posters and on hats, that that, that simple letter uh, has had such a profound uh, impact uh, when it comes to to marketing in our country. Uh, The fact that Elon Musk chose X as the new logo, as the new name uh, for Twitter is fascinating to me. I want to probe Marcus Collins's uh, view uh, point on that, and then we'll we'll get to what black folk have to say about this, and 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 the spending power of black people to make or break markets. Never mind how they want to rebrand them. Talk about that when we come forward on Tavis Smart. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. 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 You're listening to Dr. Marcus Collins on Tavis Smiley. His new book is called For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and Who We Want to Be. Um, the X, uh, that, that, that simple 
uh, but poignant uh, symbol uh, has meant so much in our culture. What do you make of his decision, Elon Musk's decision, to use X uh, as his as his logo and as his name, Dr. Collins? Well, I think it it makes sense for the context in which Elon Musk operates. He's a scientist, right? Um, and therefore, an engineer, you know, the meaning of X being the unknown, being a variable, makes a lot of sense because he explores the unknown, whether it's electric vehicles, whether it's putting rockets and things in space with, with SpaceX, and perhaps, you know, Twitter, I mean, for good or for bad. Like, we don't know what the thing is going to be, so there's a lot of unknown there. So call it X actually seems somewhat ap- apropos because he himself is a bit of an unknown. But to your your earlier point, you know, X has a lot of different meanings. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, Malcolm X used X as a way to signaling his unknown roots, and therefore the name given to him little is not representative of who, who he is. You know, when, when we think about uh, pirates just using X as a way to say X marks the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, years and years and years ago, uh, press d- decided they weren't going to run photos of of dead bodies, so they'd use an X as a way of demarcating death. We also use X's as a way of seeing a kiss, like X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Right? X has a lot of different meanings to it, tons of different meanings to it. But it's we, that is the community, the people, society, we decide what it means. And as much as one may signal meaning, it's us who decides whether it means those things or not. For instance, you know, if I say what is red, one would say it's a color or maybe a wavelength that helps us see a color red. But if you're going down an intersection and you see a red light, red means stop. Now, does red inherently mean stop? No. We have negotiated and constructed that red means stop. The same thing goes with all things that are symbolic in nature. We collectively decide what it means. And because of what it means, we adopt it depending on who we are and what people like us do. So Elon Musk may have uh, ambitions for what he wants to signal with X. And I think considering what we know of his previous experiences, X is the variable of the unknown. Um, But what it would actually mean in the context of what Twitter once was, I think still remains to be seen. When we come forward in our final moments with Dr. Marcus Collins, two issues I want to raise with him. Uh, One, again, the issue of uh, black spending power and what we have to say uh, when uh, producers, product producers make these attempts, at least at rebranding. What black folk have to say uh, makes a huge difference, given the the power that we wield uh, in the marketplace. And, And finally, I want to go back to his book title for the culture, the power behind what we buy, what we do and who we want to be and ask what who we want to be has to do with what we buy and what we do. You're listening to Dr. Marcus Collins on Tavis Smiley. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. Before I get to these last two issues I want to raise with Dr. Marcus Collins, um, uh, Dr. Collins, uh, it won't surprise you, I hope at least. Uh, I have some really, really smart uh, listeners, and somebody sent me this, and I want to read it to you because we were talking about X, and you uh, powerfully unpacked the different ways in which X, that symbol, has been used historically in our country. But listen to this. During the 18th, again, a listener sent me this. During the 18th and 19th centuries, North American Indian leaders commonly signed treaties with the European powers and the American and Canadian governments with an X signifying their presence and assent to the terms. These X marks indicated coercion, 
because the treaties were made under unfair conditions, resistance because they were often met with protest, and acquiescence to both a European modernity and the end of a particular moment of Indian history and identity. So there's another example yet of the way the letter X has been used by our Native American brothers and sisters who signed it because they had to, but they signed it under protest, and all they used was an X. I mean, I love that. I love that. I mean, because what it gets to, to your point, is that these are all signifiers. And signifying is meaning. It's a meaning that we construct, and meaning is culturally mediated, right? So the way in which we use that symbol X depends on who we are and how we see the world yeah. and all the many ways by which we refashion it and recontextualize it based on how we navigate the world. Yep. We got three minutes. Let's do two things in three minutes. That's a minute and a half or however you want to break it up. Uh, first, talk to me about the power of black people uh, and their spending when it comes to companies who try to rebrand to get our attention uh, in the marketplace. I mean, we are black people. We are the best customers you could ever have because we buy even though people don't talk to us. We buy even though people don't make products for us, that we take things that are outside yeah. of sort of what's meant for us, and we refashion them to make them cool. And we know that uh, that innovation comes from marginalized communities because we have less, and therefore we have to make more with the little bit that we have. So when we get a product, when we get a brand, we give it new meaning, yeah. i.e., Dapper Dan, you know, i.e. all the things that we buy, we make them cool. And and the coolness that we provide to these products, they uh, they give it credence that allow it to, to, to be sold to people yeah. outside of our community, which it, which I think is both a gift and a curse. Yeah, black folk have the power. I think we both agree to make or break <laughs> companies uh, when it comes, right. to, it comes to our spending. Uh, my, 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 my exit question then in the 90 seconds I have left is, is simply this. Uh, that book title, For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and Who We Want to Be, what does who we want to be have to do? with what we buy and what we do, or vice versa, you tell me. Because we buy things not because of what they are, but because of who we are. Or said differently, we buy things to make our culture material. What is culture? Culture is a system of conventions and expectations that demarcate who we are, what people like us do. But if you ask five people to define culture, you get 50 different answers. Right? So we don't have a really good – we don't have good, good language. As you said at the top of, of our time, we don't have a good Rosetta Stone for this word. Therefore, we never really have the, the ability to operationalize with any sustainability or any consistency. Right? So the things that we buy are ways by which we signal to the world who we are so that we find community with people like us. Right, I would even go as far as to say that consumption is a cultural act. Mm-hmm. What we wear, where we go, what we drive, how we vacation, where we vacation, where we go to school, if you go to school, who you marry, if you marry, where you bury the dead, if you bury the dead. All these things are byproducts of our cultural subscription. And therefore, uh, we buy things, not because of what they are, but because of who we are, or rather, who we really want to be. There you go, dropping uh, uh, dropping uh, jewels again, uh, or, or dropping bars, <laughs> as they say. He started with trust uh, is the mechanism that absorbs our uncertainty, and he closes with consumption is, in fact, a cultural act. Uh, he's a bad boy. His name is Dr. Marcus Collins. His book is called For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and who we want to be, what a rich, 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 richer than rich conversation this has been. And Dr. Marcus Collins, I thank you for it, sir. All the best to you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Good to have you on. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward.